Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. We are back. It's the Leadership Brothers back on the Inspiring Leaders podcast. I'm your host and executive coach, Terry Lepofsky, and today we have a question and answer show for you with a special co-host joining me. I'm super happy to welcome back to the show someone that a lot of you regular listeners are going to recognize, the other half of the Leadership Brothers, my actual brother and a world-class executive coach all the way from Calgary, Alberta. Welcome back to the show, Pat Lepovsky. Yeah, Terry, it's great to be back, and it's uh, it's a pleasure to be part of today's show, and I've been really looking forward to uh, the whole topic of Q&A that we talked about the other day. Well, it's good to hear your voice back on the show. It's been a while since you and I shared a podcast episode, hasn't it, Pat? Yeah, it sure has. You know, I know we're doing the Intolerable Bosses show each month, so it's it's got to be about nine or ten months at least since I was on the show. So again, just pleased to be here. Yeah, I think we kind of covered off a lot of the intolerable bosses. I started thinking about that one later, and I couldn't come up with any more really intolerable bosses. But, uh, you know, we sure had a lot of fun doing those shows. Yeah, and I even had a lot of uh, comments back from people that I've worked with that that information really helped them. So, again, thanks for all the feedback we got from people listening into the show. And for sure, you know, we both get a ton out of the emails that we get after every show, which, you know, it's great because it just goes so far you know to show how many people out there are dealing with difficult people and aren't you glad that there is only so many topics to cover and that there weren't thousands of them yeah i'll second that you know i got a ton of feedback on those ones as well and i think people really like the uh the help in navigating the challenges that they have and that's why i called you up and suggested that we do uh what the blues brothers talk about and that is getting the band back together You know, we're both, you and I were both in Vancouver not long ago, and uh, I mentioned that I'm getting a lot of coaching clients asking about how to engage different generations that work for them. So I suggested that uh, you and I talk about getting the Q&A show together, and uh, when you talked about generational differences, it was like the, the hammer hitting the nail right on the head. Yeah, you know, you're, that's totally right. And you know that uh, the whole topic of generational differences in the workplace is a huge topic that's in demand right now. And and that's really why I called you and suggested that we, we do this Blues Brothers thing as well. You know, I'm hearing the exact same things out West here. And, and we're really launching a new series of leadership workshops that includes this very topic as a component of leadership certification, you know, to engage the different generations. And that's the big topic at hand, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. This is uh, the big question. How to handle generations is a really big issue. And uh, you and I decided to get some ideas and best practices out to our clients here on the Inspiring Leaders Show. So, Pat, why don't you start this off by giving us some background? Tell us a little bit about the generational differences so that we can start with a little clarity here. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting because this is the first time in history we've actually had four generations present in the workplace on mass and you know you think about it uh, like the different generations that are out there number one the baby boomers that are you know depending on the study born roughly about 1946 to 1964 and then there's the gen xers and it's interesting uh you're the baby boomer i'm the cusper i'm the gen xer because i'm 1965 to 1980 
Then, of course, after the Gen Xers, you've got what's called the Gen Y, a.k.a. millennials, that none of the millennials like to be called millennial. But then you have the Gen Y, a.k.a. millennials, 1981 to 1997, roughly. Now, the next generation, of course, is called the Z generation, which is 1998 to present day. And they're actually even coming out with another generation that's not part of the workplace yet, which is called the Echo generation. But today it's Baby Boomers, Gen X, Gen Y, and Gen Z. So we're here to talk about them today. So we won't be talking about the Echo, 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 Echo. (laughs) Well, that's our kids and our kids' kids, you know, so that's kind of the interesting thing. You know, but here's the thing that makes it so hard to lead and engage these different groups. Each group was really born and raised in different times, different influences, different circumstances. So each one of the different generational groups that we just mentioned tend to have their own unique way of doing things and even their own concerns and their own beliefs. Now, this really means that each group gains motivation in a slightly different way. Yeah, for sure. You know, I wanted to start off with the baby boomers because as you mentioned, I'm 1964, so I'm right at the tail end of those baby boomers. So let me start off with these ones. These are the older people in our organizations, the 55 and older crew. A lot of them, maybe not all of them, but a lot of them are in positions of leadership, often due to the experience that they've already got. Now, they've been around for a while, and a lot of them are planning to retire if they haven't retired already. So when management and executive vacancies come up, these people are logically considered. And by the way, a lot of those people out there, this is where you want to start thinking about succession planning. But the baby boomers were a huge group in the workforce, and now they make up just 6% of employees out there. So due to all of those retirements, the Gen Xers and the Millennials now make up about 70% of the workforce. But a lot of the baby boomers that grew up in that time where organizational hierarchy was either feared or respected, well, they stayed in their job for decades, working very, very hard and not speaking out unless they were asked. Now, let's contrast that with the Gen Xers, and that's your generation, Pat, the uh, 1965 and into the 70s. And the Gen Xers, they're skilled and they're strong workers, and they're pushing back the boomers now as far as the numbers in the workforce, and they've now become the biggest advocates for strong work-life balance. So these are the employees that want to be part of something great. So the vision and the mission are really important to them. Also, they grew up with more flexible income, right? More disposable income. So they travel more and they have more personal hobbies and interests than the baby boomers. They're a lot less likely to fear their bosses and they're more likely to speak up. So they have a greater access to the leadership team that they work for and to the resources that they need to advance like books, courses, and coaching and all that good stuff. Now, the next group, the third group, the Millennials or the Gen Ys, they're now becoming the largest part of our workforce. Now they make up about 35, going on 36% of the workforce. They're finally exceeding the Gen Xers, and their numbers are continuing to climb and will for the next few years. And this is where you often find rising stars, because the Millennials are super ambitious They began entering the workforce at a time that technology started disrupting traditional work environments and markets. So they're very, very tech savvy and they're willing to embrace new collaboration tools much more so than their older co-workers. These are your multitaskers. And speaking of multitaskers, our fourth group, the Gen Zs or Gen Zs, depending on where you live, these are the people that were born after 1977. 
So these are my kids, your kids, Pat. Uh, you know, these are the Gen Zs. These are the latchkey home folks where their mom and dad were both off at work. So naturally, these guys are very independent, very competitive, and also they love that multitasking. Well, we're now just starting to see more of them in the workplace, and they're starting to make up, uh, getting creeping in on the 20% mark. So... The research on them is fairly limited, but it seems that they're a blend of the previous generations. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the millennial and the Gen Zs are really uh, growing parts of the workforce. And I think by 2020, the Gen Xs and the Gen Ys are going to be equal, 35% each estimated within the workforce population in North America, actually worldwide for that matter. Now, it's interesting because to look at a few more things so that we can understand them a little bit more in detail, Specifically, the, the Gen Y or the millennial individuals, you know, here are some of the things that they say they really want in the workplace. Five things. Number one is uh, they really want help in navigating their career path. They want somebody to actually uh, give them a little bit of a path from where they are to where they want to be. You know, they want straight feedback. They don't want to be told what they're doing wrong, but they want good professional feedback that helps them stay on course and develop where developments needed most. You know, they, they want to be mentored and coached. They really respect the wisdom and the experience of people who are uh, longer lasting in the organizations than them, but they do need mentors and coaches that, that don't really tell them what to do, but really help them understand what it is that they need to do so that they're part of the answer. And they also want to be sponsored in formal development programs. Like they want, don't want to just gain their experience. They want to be in, in other programs that really expand their perspective. That's kind of good for you and I, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's kind of the reason why coaching and, uh, you know, some of the training programs that are out there, third party, have really grown so much over the last, you know, even seven, eight years. Yeah. And and most important, number five, is, is they really want flexible work schedules because, you know, a lot of people these days are, they're working to live. They don't live to work like the old, uh, you know, silent or baby boomer generation used to. You know, but here's what the Gen Y really wants, the millennials want from their employers, is they want help to develop their skills for the future. They want a company with strong core values and the values define the behaviors that they want to see most and sometimes define the behaviors they want to see least. Three, they want a company that offers customizable benefits packages. It's extremely important. The benefits, the health care, the, the options that, uh, that really allow for more flexibility. You know, some companies even offer the gym memberships. And man, if you searched up Google and found out some of the benefits they offer on YouTube, you could see some things that'll just blow you away. But they want benefits. Yeah, like, like flexible snowboarding days. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Or wear your pajamas to work or bring your pet to work. Yeah. You know, they, they also want an opportunity to blend work with their life. And again, uh, you know, you look at people, I know you got a great story, Terry, about uh, somebody who was on a business development team and, uh, you know, really looking at the whole option of, uh, of uh, you know, really having a golf career together with their professional career. Now, and finally, you know, number five, they want the, um, the employer that offers a career, like a clear career path. And so what do these millennials really want to learn? Well, let's take a look at another five things. You know, they want technical skills needed for the jobs. Like they want to learn those technical skills, but they also want to learn self-management and personal productivity. Because again, you know, sometimes uh, if you want something done, they want, uh, you know, people want to learn and do for themselves, you know, under a really good compelling purpose, but they want to have that self-management. They want leadership skills because, of course, most uh, people coming out of school these days have ambition to climb the ladder, and leadership training and leadership skills are extremely important. 
And of course, a little global perspective with industry knowledge. Number four would be industry knowledge. And number five would be strategies for real creativity and innovation and the work they're doing to make a difference. You know, it's also important that we take a look at the Gen Z or Gen Z is, uh, you know, again, depending on where you're at. These are the young folks in in the workforce right now. And um, I think it's important for us to really take a look at the same categories for them because their numbers are growing and growing. And this is going to become more and more of an issue for um, or an area of focus, better said, for employers everywhere. So here's what they tell us. Mostly what they want is honesty and integrity, followed by mentoring. They want clear feedback on performance standards so that they know what to expect. The third thing is they want to work for a company with a passion for their vision and their mission. Fourth, they want to be able to see really clearly how they can have an impact on the company. And the fifth thing that they really want is flexible schedules. So, Here's the five things that they want from their company. They want technological sophistication. They don't want to work for companies that are putting receipts in shoeboxes. They want somebody that's really on top of the technology out there. That just sounds tricky to say. (laughs) It does. (laughs) The second, second thing that they want from their companies is they want that professional development and training opportunities. So we're starting to see trends here. More and more employees, and a growing number of them, are asking for professional development and training. They want to have a positive impact on society and on the environment. Here's an interesting one. The fourth thing that they say they want from their company, they want to work for companies that have strong diversity. That's a cool one. That that we hadn't seen in other groups before. So the very youngest groups are telling us this is part of their makeup when they're going through school, and this is what they hope to see when they're in their workforce. The fifth thing is healthcare benefits. Now I'm going to ask one more thing after healthcare benefits on here, and that's a sixth thing because it dovetails with what we saw from the millennials, and that is they're asking for flexible hours and remote work options. You know, things like hoteling stations and, uh, you know, in and out privileges at the office, uh, those little breakout rooms and all the rest. So here's the last part of this that I wanted to cover on the Gen Zs or Gen Zs, that they want to learn almost exactly the same thing as the millennials, with the exception of the first thing. The millennials, their first thing was they wanted technical skills needed for their job. Well, the Gen Zs, they're asking for face-to-face communication skills. Isn't that an interesting thing? The youngest people within our workforce are asking for that face-to-face communication skills training. Well, Terry, you know, it's interesting if I could just add to that. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, you look at the need for that. These days, my kids that are Gen Zs, you know, they hang out with their friends, not at my house or their friend's house. They hang out with each other online gaming and, and doing, uh, you know, using technology to, you know, because it's uh, sometimes their friends are at a little bit more of a distance than just up the street. And, uh, you know, the technology that's out there allows them to connect. And the face-to-face skills are largely, you know, we're, we're seeing that diminish because of technology. Yeah. Now, the I'm glad that you said that, Pat, because that really ties into the second thing that they're looking for. Self-management and personal productivity, the same as the millennials. So that uh, dynamic of sort of being in front of computer screens at home, much more than previous generations, they're asking for those communication skills, but also the self-management skills too. The third thing they're looking to learn, leadership skills. So again, this is really important for any company that really wants to attract high caliber employees and be competitive in the marketplace. 
You've got to have that skills development and leadership development programs out there. The fourth thing, industry knowledge. And of course, the fifth, creative and innovative strategies. So that's what the the Gen Zs are looking for. And now that we have a pretty good understanding about these diverse groups and where they're coming from, Pat, tell us, how do we go about engaging them? What are some strategies that we can use? Well, gone are the days of the uh, corporal punishment. I guess that's uh, not an option here. <laughs> Darn, <laughs> you know, but, but, you know, first, I think, first, let's take a step back and consider the makeup of uh, the workforce that, uh, you know, any of the listeners are part of, you know, without really generalizing too much, uh, you know, cookie cutter approaches don't work here. And the consequences are way too serious if you have the cookie cutter, because everybody doesn't want to be treated the same. So let's start with the baby boomers, you know, they prefer monetary rewards, uh, recognition, you know, the good old gold watch, uh, if you want to go there, I'm not sure that's uh, in the budget, but things that acknowledge their input and their expertise. You know, just a real appreciation for knowledge and expertise. Uh, they love prestigious job titles, uh, you know, by a lot of standards and by some research and by the research we've done. Uh, you know, even things like parking spaces and the corner office or the desk by the window versus the inner facing desk. You know, of course, you know, the size of their offices means a lot to them, uh, the size of their workspace, but also the benefits that they welcome, you know, sabbaticals and, uh, you know, catch up retirement funding, things like that. There's all kinds of things that really reinforce, uh, you know, a job well done and, and a long earned career. For the Gen Xers, you know, their preferred recognition style is the the informal and publicly communicated, you know, North America wide. Uh, that's for sure. I know it's different in Asia, but uh, in different uh, parts of the world, uh, you know, open public uh, appreciation might not be accepted, but North America wide, it is. So the Gen Xers really prefer that uh, public recognition. Uh, the benefits they welcome are. are Telecommuting, you know, and tuition reimbursement for additional outside third-party or, you know, educational institution learning or third-party courses. When it comes to the Gen Ys now, the younger, the you know, the millennials, they love their regular informal communication, you know, through the company's chat system or social networks. Uh, you know, again, look at the technology they're using on their own uh, individual, uh, you know, phones or I'll sound old by saying this, but their old PDAs. <laughs> you know, they, the, the stock options, you know, they, they enjoy that. Uh, they love monetary rewards in cases if it's going to give them more options to live a life. But if you can't offer money, yeah, feedback is always the one key thing that they love the most. Everybody loves to be appreciated when they come to work. Positive feedback when they're doing the right thing is key. Flexible schedules and ongoing learning opportunities are also a big thing for the Gen Y. Now, finally, the Gen Zs, you know, the youngest generation in the workplace today, their preferred recognition style is in-person, uh, you know, public praise, uh, benefits, you know, even talking about, uh, you know, the Gen Y, or sorry, the Gen Z, even talking about the Gen Z, you know, in a meeting place where you're highlighting somebody's accomplishment, you know, maybe even indirectly in front of others. But, uh, you know, they prefer the online training and the micro courses that are on like, geez, my my uh, my 19 year old son looked how it learned how to cook creme brulee and rack of lamb off of YouTube. You know, so they prefer those online training uh, offerings, certification programs and social rewards uh, like, a you know, a leadership certification program or a industry certification program. Rewards like mentorship and continual feedback rather than, you know, the standard annual review that's going by the wayside. You know, they want responsibility. Like the millennials, they're motivated by meaningful work but do desire recognition. 
Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Rack of lamb and creme brulee. I think I'm on my way over for dinner. <laughs> well, next time we're together, we'll have to get a little meal going and put the kids to work. Yeah, we've only got about uh, 3,000 kilometers between us. But uh, So here's some strategies that are going to help these multi-generations get along in the workplace. So if you're trying to create a workplace that's going to help these four different generations work together in harmony, the first thing that I'm going to suggest, communication and listening are of paramount importance. Sorry, what was that again? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Echo. (laughs) Yeah, communication and listening are super important. Ask each person about what they value in the workplace and how they prefer to work. The second thing I'll say, during performance reviews, ask each employee what could make the workplace become even more supportive for them. Communicate with people according to their preferred communication styles. So I'm going to suggest here, Look at several different communication mediums, right? The instant messaging, the email. If you've got a lot of baby boomers, you might even want to get memos out on people's desks if they're still working at them. As much as you can, customize their work according to their preferred style. Recognize your own bias. We all have them, you know, we got to admit this. And those biases can really affect what it is that we see and what we don't see. And acknowledge and respect that each person may be motivated by something different. So recognizing your biases is very important in that regard. Another one, arrange ways for people from different generations to meet up with each other. That's one of the most powerful ways that people overcome differences. Face-to-face interaction is really important. And if you need to get in touch with somebody about building a workspace or creating workspaces where people can do this, that's a great investment. Watch for frustration and conflict with your employees. And when you find it, ask people from different generations about what they perceive the patterns and the causes to be. Avoid talking about generational stereotypes. That can be pretty offensive, and people want to be recognized for their individuality. And finally, use a leadership style that's both participative and consensus-oriented. But it's also important to remember that these generation groups may have their own unique concerns, but there's one piece that's common to all of them, the need to belong and the desire to matter. You know, people love to to really work for a compelling purpose and people work harder when they find their own answer. You know, this is a universal desire and a strong component of work relationships and work ethic, but it's really the secret sauce to highly engaged workforces, which is really making sure that they feel they're part of the answer and they're heard. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Let me see if I can summarize some of these uh, uh, points of our generational landscape. We can safely say that managing a multi-generational workforce is an art all on its own. Young employees want to make a quick impact. The middle generation, well, they want to believe in the mission. And the older employees have a strong work ethic and they don't like ambivalence. All generations want to matter, and thorough, multi-channel communication and face-to-face meetings are super, super important. Well, I think that pretty much covers things off a bit in detail, Pat. Would you agree with that? 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I just think that we've really packed this episode full of valuable insights and, and details for everybody listening. And uh, if anybody wants us to go beyond that, we'd be happy to, right? Yeah, absolutely. And there will be some notes in the show notes here, but I would encourage if anybody wants to get further detail on this, reach out to either Pat or myself, and we'll be happy to sit down with you, get on the phone with you, get on a video call with you, chat on instant messaging, however you prefer to communicate. So listen, thanks a ton, Pat, for joining me here on the show again. I really enjoyed this. You are a very busy guy, so it means a lot to me, and I'm sure to our audience as well, for you returning here to the Inspiring Leaders Show. Yeah, thanks, Terry. Busy is as busy does, and I guess, uh, you know, think of myself like Forrest Gump sometime where I'm not a smart man, but I know what great leadership is. So <laughs> <laughs> Busy is as busy does. I don't know where you come up with this stuff. Well, listen, that's it, folks, for another episode of the Inspiring Leader Show. Thank you so much for joining us here today. I've had a ton of fun, Pat. I think you have, too. We both hope that you got a lot of value from this Don't forget to subscribe to the Inspiring Leaders podcast so you don't miss any future shows. Thanks again, everybody. Take care and bye for now. (laughs) 